So, guys, I got to tell you. Mm-hmm. Last Friday, I went to Tai Chi. Woo. I love this <laughs> so much. What is your mental image right now? Oh. I just see you just like towering over everyone else that's practicing it. You're not wrong. In, uh. Like I know this probably isn't the like, but I really want you wearing like linen flowy clothes while doing like it. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you weren't, but that's what I'm and just like. Yes. And then like some random. um like prescription information comes in at the bottom of the screen at this point. Right. <laughs> See, I'm picturing like glowing hands and like a headband. Like I have, that's, maybe that's like the Marvel side of me. But I'm just like... Oh, I was thinking uh, Avatar: The Last Day. Oh yeah, that's, that's it's whatever. What's it's all of it into. in one. Anyways, I'm yes, but very energy. peaceful. I see a meadow. Yeah. Okay. It's like very yeah. green grass where you're practicing, it, which is not Texas in the summer. No, it was not. <laughs> we were in suburban Fort Worth. Oh, but, okay. Um. But there was lots of greenery because mm-hmm. there were 364 years of plant life oh, in the space we were in, breathing huh? oxygen into our space. And, and the carpet was green. Okay. Um, okay. And so, and they did have a wall of mirrors so you could watch yourself and watch your movements. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I wasn't a foot taller than everybody else in the room, <laughs> but I was a good six inches taller uh-huh. than everybody else in the room and 100 pounds on everybody. <laughs> Maybe Center of gravity, I feel like, has a lot to do with Tai Chi and being able to oh, control a little bit easier. As if you I have, have not thought <laughs> about the specific of movements of my body <laughs> that much ever. Wow. Yeah. Playing basketball, flag football, camp gladiator, working out. I have not thought that specifically about how I move ever and ever. And, and, and I ended up at Tai Chi because Jerry Roberson, my, my coach, mm-hmm. invited me to come. Uh, he, he thought the, the concept of embodied meditation would be helpful for me in the midst mm-hmm. of it. And his basic point was Tai Chi is one of those things that regardless of your faith tradition, as you engage with it, it helps you go next level. Yeah. But I got to tell you, I had all of those same kind of visions that y'all did in my <laughs> head coming in. I'm like, I do not know what I'm signing up for. I Googled it and it was not helpful. Um <laughs> Because it's more of just that on YouTube. Yeah, it's more uh-huh. of that same. Yeah. yeah. If you want to make a YouTube video for beginners Tai Chi, you take the embodied vision that y'all just had and produce it. I feel like the I, challenge has just been issued. I think Kiefer. we should make a video, I like some sort do, of Tai yes. Chi video. There you go. That's it. It'd be good. Um, and, and, and so, no, I wasn't wearing silk flowy robes and uh. things. It was very sad. Uh, but I did ask Jerry, what am I supposed to wear to this thing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, wear sweatpants and a T-shirt. You'll be fine. I'm like, okay. But apparently Jerry forgot where Cleburne was and mm-hmm. where the conference office was mm-hmm. because the Tai Chi place was on Camp Bowie in Fort Worth. Yep. And he wanted me to meet him at the conference office <laughs> first. And, and so Listen, I, had, I don't have a good sense of direction, but I know Fort Worth. <laughs> well, but he didn't tell me where the Tai Chi place was till I got to the conference oh. office. In my black sweatpants and t-shirt. <laughs> Y'all know I'm a three. Yes, you know we do. that the I don't show up to the conference office without a sport coat, uh-huh, right? That's right. I, I'm not showing up in you know the bishop wasn't working, or at least I didn't see him, so it was all good. <laughs> see, I'd see that as kind of like a flex. Like you're like, yeah, I'm just here to I'm here just, to work out. Yeah, right. that's, that's <laughs> what fine. Oh, uh, and then I got into Jerry's office. You know what? Uh-huh. He was wearing real clothes. <laughs> of oh, course man. he was. And, and he brought his change of clothes to change at the Tai Chi place. I'm like, Jerry, you, you could help a brother out with this. <laughs> Tell me that this is an option. Um, but the the Tai Chi experience was a very interesting one. Again, I haven't mm. thought that much about the specific movements of my body ever. And yet there was something grounding uh, radically in the present moment when you had to think that much about every single movement of your body. Mm-hmm. I tend to be a forward-thinking guy all the yeah. time, always looking at what's next, what's next, what's next, sometimes Preach. to the detriment of today. Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, Constantly. But Jerry was like, you got to give all that up and just be present. Pay attention to how the Holy Spirit is moving in you in this time, and I promise you'll experience something. Mm. Hmm. And then he launched into the 360-year history of the plant life around me and, and told me that the guy who was leading my class was was the bodyguard for the Dalai Lama. That's awesome. That is pretty cool. I didn't yeah. know we had and, – and, and frankly, the Dalai Lama needed better bodyguards. <laughs> I mean, 
or at least my vision of a bodyguard is not this guy. Um, you know, he was all of five seven and one hundred and thirty. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he could kick butt if needed. Um, but it doesn't. Yeah. You know, my vision of bodyguards is you know six eight three hundred and uh-huh. packing heat, and this is That's not right. that guy. Right. Um, really dark sunglasses, earpiece in. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, I think that's the kind of bodyguard that you never actually have to engage them because you look at them and you're like, oh, I can't oh, yeah. do anything. It's the same <laughs> reason the why weapon. at 34 years old I have no clue if I can fight because nobody pressed it in elementary <laughs> school. I never had to try. I don't know. Um, and now I'm a peaceful giant, so it's all good. Um, <laughs> Jolly green. Jolly green, yes. Um, but we got in there. And in the first five minutes or so, Jerry led us through this movement that I later learned is sort of the basic foundational yeah. movement mm-hmm. set. Um, the sun salutation of yoga, yeah, if you yeah. will. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the look of knowing is deep on my face right now. Um, but, but then the sensei hopped up and began to lead us in the first, and I was surprised because that next 10 to 15 minutes, we did not move our feet at all. Right. We were radically grounded, wow. and all the movement was upper body movement. And and the basic premise was you stretch your top half up, and you ground your feet, and you're grounded both in the ground and in the heavens. And, and you know, to put Christianese on it, mm-hmm. we are that link between the, the holy and, um, and, the, and the very uh, secular, right? We are mm-hmm. that, that space where the Holy Spirit works and, and yeah. that kind of thing. And, but we, we, we did any number of sort of movement and breathing exercises. And there was this one where um, he invited us to sort of engage in this expansive motion where your, your body and your arms and you're just sort of pushing outward. And, and the, that the thing your soul is to be meditating on as you're pushing outward is the, the times and the places where you give energy over and over and over mm-hmm. again, right? There's this mm-hmm. movement of energy outward and outward and outward. And then when you complete that motion, you have to return back to center, right? You, yeah. you expand and then you contract. And, and at first, I kept trying to make my body breathe out on the expansion and breathe in on the contraction. Nope. And it wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no fool, we're not doing this. We're, mm-hmm. You're out of sync. You're not doing it. Uh. So, and, and so we breathe in as we expand outward, and then we exhale as we contract. Inward. I know. We, I like. I had a, <laughs> since this is radio, essentially. Uh, I was breathing deeply, and Kiefer's doing the hand motions yeah. along with Daniel because it just there's something inviting about that too. There and 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 as I sat there, sort of trying to be in a meditative, connected space, listening to the Holy Spirit while I'm engaging in this practice that. You know, it was completely foreign and new to me that I only showed up to because Jerry invited me to. It's something um, I call restorative yoga, and I do it just about every um, Friday. So, you know, okay, welcome. Well, very good. Thank you. <laughs> well, good. Um, I'm not granola, so I'm still getting used to this thing. Um, but as we as we expanded outward and, you know, I think about being in ministry and a helping profession in a, in a profession where you're always giving um, of your time, your energy, your effort, for a very good reason and purpose, right? To to yeah. to help people connect to the ever growing and expanding kingdom of God, right? To to mm-hmm. partner with God in some powerful ways. I connected not with that, which I might have anticipated, right? This outward movement, this outward expansion, this energy push. But when I felt peace and at home the most is when I was letting my breath go and having the motion contract back to the center. And, and as Kiefer and I were talking about a little earlier today, for me, it is one of those things as a forward-focused guy who's always looking for what's next, mm-hmm. never sitting in the moment as an extroverted guy who's always looking for people to hang out with and, and yeah. things to do. And, and as a pastor, right, we can feel like, hey, if I'm pouring energy into building the kingdom of God, that's my job. That's what I'm doing, right? So we're always moving out, always pushing out, always having the energy move out. And yet, home was not found until I grounded back to the center, mm-hmm. until I allowed that same energy to return. And, and so what the Spirit was speaking to my soul that day was, make sure you are always taking time, taking place, finding space to return to center, to ground yourself so that you have something to give. And, and, and that's something that you know, but there's something about having it embodied that makes you know it in yeah. a whole different way. And, and I don't get there without 
showing up to the conference office in sweatpants <laughs> and, and praying that the bishop's not working uh-huh. and trying Tai Chi for the first time. Um, and so I think sometimes there are powerful benefits when we're willing to jump outside of our comfort zone in order to try something new. Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. We are so thankful that you've joined us today. And, and today we continue and actually wrap up this series That's where right. we're asking the questions of the nuns. It was so quick. <laughs> it was. Just just three weeks. I wish they had more questions. We could keep going. Well, we did just do a five-week series. I guess that's why it feels so short. With the, the <laughs> interviews. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, um, but we are in this season where we're asking ourselves the question, why bother? Right? Why bother mm-hmm. with faith? Why bother with Jesus? Why bother with the church? Big picture. And what about our church? Yeah. Um, why do people need our church? Um, and, and yesterday in worship, we had some powerful testimony to why our community needs our church. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The, uh, one of the things that I heard a pastor ask one time, and I can't remember who it was. They probably stole it from somebody else, so I don't feel bad not being able to quote <laughs> it. Um, but is if your church closed tomorrow, would your community notice? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'm in most incredibly thankful for as a as one of the pastors of this church is that I can say the pa- church I pastor would yeah. be deeply missed yeah. if it closed tomorrow. Um, and, and that's part of why I think our community needs our church. Yeah. Because we engage spiritually. Mm-hmm. We engage physically. We meet the physical needs, but also the relational needs. We meet spiritual needs. We move outside of the walls over and over again. Yeah. And I think there's this beautiful cycle in this church, too, of this this balance that and I think part of it is that we have people who stand in healthy ways on both sides of this that help to pull each other into these healthy places of mm. of kind of that. I, I visualize back to your Tai Chi metaphor of expanding out and in of we have this flow that so naturally happens here where people come in, where there is the sense of home when you're inside mm-hmm. of these walls, um, whether it be of the sanctuary, of the chapel, of of the vine space, of any of those spaces that there's such home, or even if it's in one of the Sunday school classrooms for Sunday school or brown bag Bible study, that yeah. there are places of, of deep connection with people whom love one another. And... It would be good, but it wouldn't be complete right. if we didn't also have the people who call us to go out mm-hmm. um, and that there is this beauty in that kind of expansiveness that you take as well. When you inhale, when you get outside, when you take that catch your breath of like, am I really about to try this thing for the church, like tailgating or... Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Or going to do a lighted Christmas parade or going to serve at Santa Fe or um, even inviting someone to go on an Emmaus walk. Or, you know, yeah. you, we can go on and on and on of the ways that so many, um, so many people. Going wandering in our state park with our Wesleyan wanderers right. that are kickstarting September 7th. This is your <laughs> official right. plug. The plug. Uh, <laughs> Make sure you show up. It'll be awesome. Shannon is fantastic. Her She is grounded in a way that is going to be amazing for that group. That's um, right. So, and when was the last time you collect, hiked Cleburne State Park? Don't answer this question. I know it was like two weeks ago <laughs> for you. Cleburne's like, uh, like, yesterday. Right. Um, well, okay, think granted, I, was I just moved. But, yeah, prior to the move, it had been like a day or two. Wow. State Park Pass. Gotcha. We had one of those and it expired, sadly. Well, you should um, re-up. I should we, get one of those. It's time. It's time. The One okay. of the things that I love is that when we have a church that is that intersection of coming home and going out mm-hmm. and coming home and going out, we are we are enriched by the experience of, of multiple relationships and multiple connections, and, and we get perspectives that are outside of our own, right? If we're always yes. out, we don't get the experience of coming home, so we don't remember what it is we're inviting people to. Yep. But if we never go out, we don't experience the health and the need and, and the spirit of our broader community mm-hmm. um, if we're only in all the time. That's right. And But 
should we be honest for a little bit? <laughs> I'm always honest. Oh, I don't know. I don't even know where. The- <laughs> <laughs> yes, turn. let's be honest. Is, is it always easy to go out into unknown spaces? Absolutely, every not. single time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you keeping track, that was two sevens actually disagreeing on something. <laughs> Just coming at the joke from a different angle. That's right. Yeah. No, it's, no, it is so hard to do things that we don't know. I will get, this sounds so silly, but it's so true. I get really excited seeing something new in like a grocery store, like a different food to try or a oh, new yeah. brand of something. And I love to buy something like that. And then I get it home and I look at it and the reality that I have to eat it because I bought it uh, <laughs> and I have to try that new thing. Right. So you bought the chicken and waffles breakfast cereal. No, and I also spring. did not buy the drumsticks. No, I'm more <laughs> on the, the health nut aisle. Is oh, where yeah. I, so like I just bought some Buddha shots was my They're latest. Great. They're so good. <laughs> They're so and good. I had to make my, I had to stare <laughs> at it. has no idea what we're it's talking about. It's cold pressed juice that's like really good for you so you take it like you it's called a buddha shot it's called yeah. a buddha shot and i had to stare at the b12 blue algae purchase that i had made yeah and it wasn't bad okay it wasn't bad and now i'll drink the rest of them just fine but even something so trivial as trying a new food yeah as someone who enjoys trying new foods and all sorts of cuisines can still be really hard let alone when it comes to something as deep and as personal and impactful as my faith, yeah. having yeah. to try something new. It is not easy. And and it's funny, we're in the midst, April and I have a whole 30 right now, which means we can't eat anything fun for a whole month. I wasn't um, sure if you're on Whole30 or Keto from your Instagram stories recently. Doesn't yeah, Whole30 so, <laughs> sort of lead to Keto? Is that like the point? It, they know. can, but they I was just they making can, a they joke. They're not the same. Um, His the, Instagram the, stories looks like he's on Keto. Yeah, okay. No, Whole30 is something that is good for us, and we do it every 12 to 18 months or so. Um, but I try to find the dad hacks in it periodically too. <laughs> and, and so like, I can't have bread. I can't have cheese. I can't have any kind of grain or legume mm-hmm. or so nothing fun. Um, but I can have a plain hamburger. Mm-hmm. I can't have cheese on it, but I can have bacon. Mm. And? And, 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 and so <laughs> crickets in Waco is one of, was one of my stomping grounds back in college. And they have a peanut butter and bacon hamburger. That is what? amazing. And, and I bought it on a whim, right? One of those, yeah, I got to try this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, but peanuts are off the list uh-huh. on Whole30. So I did the the extra version of this, the cashew butter and bacon burger the other night. Ooh. It was amazing. Now, my favorite, <laughs> so I put it up I, on Instagram. I can't taste this. And no, I, it, it doesn't seem like it's good. No, it, is, it was remarkably good. I promise. I don't um, believe you. <laughs> the, I put it up on Instagram and asked people to caption the story. And, and one of my preacher friends, um, not Melissa. Melissa just said, this is desperation. I did. Um, <laughs> Got him. And, you know, I said you were a smart butt, but that's okay. Um, details, details. One of my, my preacher friends says, this makes me sad. I had to reply to him. This was the highlight of my food week. Um, wow. But trying something new, getting outside, that could have been a disaster. It could have. Or it could have been amazing. Um, I do have to give a quick shout out to the Rev- right Reverend Kay Hawkins. She gave the absolute best caption to uh-huh. that picture. Um she said, when he died, he had perfect <laughs> blood sugar and a blob of nut butter in his carotid artery. <laughs> That's funny. It's probably not good for mm-hmm. your arteries. Yeah. But psychologically, it was I very I think we're helpful. past probably. Pro- oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Another uh, caption for that could be, it's still not bread. It's <laughs> fair. Ugh. Fair. Um, but... The, one of the adventures of Whole30 for me is, is that I tend to be a kind of meat and potatoes kind of guy. Okay. I mean, I enjoy going to new restaurants, trying new things and different things. But like going down the whole fruit and nut aisle, I get overwhelmed pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't lean into trying lots of new stuff all that often. Yeah. But the Whole30 is an invitation to do that. And there are times when it is amazing, like that hamburger. Mm-hmm. And there are times when it's a disaster. Yeah. Laura bars are good. Laura bars with pea protein are horrendous. 
<laughs> now I still had it for Sunday morning breakfast because it's the only thing that I could eat uh-huh. in the car. Mara bars were always the thing that I would I ate, and I was like the thing. It's like the thing you eat it, and you keep wondering why you keep eating it because you don't particularly like it, but you just can't stop eating it. And if anytime there's Lara bars around, I'm like, I don't want one, but then I eat one. But so I don't are. I don't know what it, what that is. <laughs> they are good for you. Um, I was All wondering, right. guys, if, if you ever had a ministry related experience mm-hmm. uh, that pushed you outside of your place of comfort, mm-hmm. right? That was maybe your Tai Chi moment where uh, you got invited into a new space yeah. and, and maybe had to stretch a bit, but still either literally or physically, you know, metaphorically. I do have one. Okay. And I remember, I remembered this like five minutes ago, but um, <laughs> there was a time, this is not necessarily ministry, this is more of a internal thing rather than the, the pushing out thing, but um, it is on that track. Uh, at an event that I was at, they were uh, proposing new spiritual practices to begin the um, this event. They were just kind of going through this list of, of things that they've incorporated into their lives. And they were just like, mind you, there's like 750 people here. So one of the ones that they introduced at this event to start this thing off was eye gazing, like staring into uh-huh. somebody's eyes. And oh, I don't know yeah. if you've ever done that before. Yep. Intentionally like yep. staring, not the breaking eye contact. The first 30 seconds completely oh, unnerves you. you. I know. It's and like, then something powerful happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. so we did it for a few minutes with uh, like like probably 10 minutes with, you know, change partners and every everything every once in a while. And, you know, like you said, the first, maybe the first person or so, you're just kind of laughing and it's like, uh, mm-hmm. for at least for me. And, yeah. Um, but I mean, but there were, there was, of course, like the third or fourth person that I tried it with. We both had tears up to our eyes. Mm. Like after like a minute, yeah. it was like, I yeah. don't know why. I, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, you, you kind of, the eyes are the window of the soul kind of thing. That was the, and I remember, um, I guess what I pulled from that experience was just, it got me thinking about how I can actually see deeper connection with, with people and uh, inside communities and with my communities. How can we seek deeper connection with other communities? And it was just a big domino effect after that experience. So it was, yeah. it was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So about this time last year, we uh, had signups for Santa Fe, yep. our mm-hmm. school partnership. And I wrote my name down on the tutoring list because I was like, oh, I feel like I could be a solid reading buddy or help someone with their writing skills. I've got that. I've got a master's essentially in writing. It's Pretty much. Yeah. 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 And so I was like, I think I can help, you know, a first, second, third, fourth grader with their writing or reading. And I get to the training and everything's going well. And they ask us at the end to write down, you know, what days we can volunteer on. And, and that, um, semester my best days were were mondays or wednesdays monday wednesday Mm. morning would be the best for me so that's why i put it down no sorry tuesday thursday mornings whatever tuesday thursday mornings early morning would be great and i get this response back saying all right we'll see you at 8 a.m on tuesdays for math tutoring in fourth grade i think wait what (laughs) like maybe if i was helping a kindergartner or a first grader (laughs) do simple addition i can help you out but i don't even know what they were teaching in fourth grade math and i'm a little (laughs) nervous about having to dust it off myself and so i i email you need april hawkins not me that's right that's what she was doing your wife actually gave me some great little games that helped me <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, but I, I uh, like emailed her back being like, listen, you don't want me doing fourth grade math. And she was like, well, and I was like, I'm supposed to be doing reading and writing. And she was like, well, reading and writing um, is on Mondays and Wednesdays. And I was like, uh, oh, I see what's happened. So I, I was, I was thinking about, I was getting ready to back out and, you know, offer up my services for cross ties or mentoring or something else. And Miss Roten uh, reached out to me and she said, you're going to be okay. And I'm going to, I'm here to support you. I think you can do this. And so for the sake of ministry, I tutored a fourth grader in math last year and should we pray for them? You should oh pray for okay. that child. Retroactively. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, we got through it and, and, you know, even though, yes, I was helping him tutor in math and there were mornings where I had to check some of my own knowledge, um, dust off some things before I got there, um, it was still a powerful time yeah. to connect with a student and it was still a powerful way. Um, one of my favorite things was was showing up 
before tutoring, um, I tended to get there about 15, 20 minutes early because there were other church members already there mm, hanging out. Yeah. I'd get to catch the crew that was leaving from the earlier sh- uh, earlier hour, and I'd catch the ones that were getting ready to go in, and I'd get to connect with them. So it was this powerful time mm-hmm. of community even within our church in a different kind of space. And I got to know some of the other tutors, some of the other parents, and some of the other teachers. Um, all this doesn't help the child at all. But, no, I'm just kidding. Um but there were all these other powerful things that I would have missed out on in ministry yeah. if I hadn't had been willing to say yes to tutoring. You were willing to go outside of your comfort zone. And not only did the teachers and the administrators and our wonderful church mm-hmm. members and your kids meet you there, but God met you there, right? Absolutely. And 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 created community and opportunity in yep. a place where you were nervous at the very front end. Yes, uh, Kiefer, I loved when you were talking about staring into people's eyes, how yeah. that, and, and how you unpacked that experience, not just for your individual connection with people, but how do we as communities begin to see fully and well the communities that surround us? How do we see those whose life experience may be different than ours or right. whose uh, background may be different than ours? How do we see and engage well in that? And a lot of that involves the level of attention and care and closeness, both physically, relationally, and emotionally, that happens when you have to stare into somebody's eyes right. for yeah. a couple minutes straight. Yeah, I think in some ways there's a parallel for us here. Five years ago, we didn't have a partnership at Santa Fe Elementary mm-hmm. School. Wow. We didn't have a partnership in that kind of a community. And, and I think it would, would have been easy for us and for the Santa Fe community to have preconceived notions about who each other were and what life in somebody else's shoes might look like. Yeah. And yet, over the course of five years of being intentional in, you know, as a church and a school, staring into each other's faces, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, having moments where we cry, having moments where we laugh, having moments where we are a little uncertain and moments where we feel radically affirmed, kind of all at the same time, we have, have built this partnership that, that is leading to, to thriving for young people and um, care for staff. And also the, the growth and discipleship of our people. Yeah. Um, yesterday in, in worship, we got to hear, I think, the theological why. Why should we be doing this work? Mm-hmm. We got to experience the how how people engage in this work. And and today I'm super pumped because here in a few minutes, you're going to hear a little bit about Mm -hmm. the origin story, the inspiration story, how, why it is that we do what we do. And and some witness again to what that looking deeply into each other's eyes, that community on community connection in a real way, not in a superficial way, not in a, we're going to write you a check and, and hope all works out kind of way. Yeah but in a profound personal way Mm -hmm. where you're there to mentor or tutor your student, but you're also there to connect and build relationships with the community that surrounds it. Uh, We're going to hear more about that here in just a few minutes. And and I'm super excited for you because I got to to be a part of the recording of that just a few minutes ago. And so it is an amazing witness, I think, uh, for our church, for our faithfulness, but also for God's faithfulness and for the the trust uh, of one of our local schools to happily, willingly invite us in. And so we got Vance Castles coming on the podcast. You're going to be excited for that. Um, You know, what we heard very uh, profoundly from you guys in July is that you loved getting to meet new people um, and getting to connect with new people and hear their hearts in a a profound way. And so we're pumped to have Vance join us here in just a few minutes. Um, But as, as you hear us go through the origin story for Santa Fe and our partnership there. And as you hear, I want you to be looking for those times and those places where the spirit is moving because of our willingness to push beyond our places of comfort, because of our willingness to endure those first 30 seconds of, mm-hmm. of discomfort when you stare into somebody's eyes where you're like, this is awkward. Yep. So that you might then see through the window of the soul uh, and have real soul-to-soul kind of connections and conversations. And wrestle with, where can I begin to do that individually? Mm-hmm. Um, where can my family begin to do that? Where can my community begin to do that? So 
take a few minutes, give Vance a listen here for a second, and, and we hope and pray uh, that you will continue to embody that movement of in and out and mm-hmm. in and mm-hmm. out that Melissa so beautifully named for us a little earlier, that, that we might come come home so that we can then be sent out Amen. again and again and again. Amen. Amen. I was reflecting back on uh, this past Sunday in the mm-hmm. Vine that um, we were still, Daniel, you and I were still really new this time last year. Absolutely. And Absolutely. we didn't really know what Santa Fe was. Yeah. we I knew what school partnerships were and what I right. hoped and prayed that ours was, but right. it was all hope and prayer at that point. We didn't have lived reality. Um, and, and yesterday in worship in all of our services, mm-hmm. I think we got to hear a little bit about why we engage in transforming ministry outside the walls and, and how people can partner up with that. Yeah. But um, the thing I'm excited about for today is that we've got a special guest with us today on hmm. the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. We've got Vance Castles in the house. I don't know how That's special right. that is. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. making, making his podcast debut. Absolutely. Making his disc Happy jockey. to be here. Making his disc jockey brother a little jealous along the way. That yeah. is all yeah. good. Um, and, and and what I would love to hear, because I know uh, others might love to hear it as well, is is where did the spark of inspiration come from to to reach out to to move sure. beyond our walls at the very beginning of our Santa Fe ministry? Well, it started uh, oddly enough when I, when myself and a few others began the. Cleveland Education Foundation. Okay. Okay. And uh, as we began our process there, which we did not know what we were doing, um, and maybe to for some people think we still don't know what we're doing, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it began in that way. And I saw um, a uh, a need that uh, the schools weren't fulfilling, uh, mm. quite frankly, and and to their complete admittance. Uh, that they were good on education, but they were a little lacking in support from the business community and okay. from uh, even though they had uh, volunteers and public schools going on, there was no drive for any uh, church so much to take hold mm. and fill the void between a teacher, a parent, and student. Mm. And so... Along comes uh, Gail Hersey, mm-hmm. and she comes up to me. Gail's real. I don't know if she's listening to this sometime, but <laughs> Gail was always good at saying, "You know, Vance, we need this, and mm-hmm. Vance, we need that." And so I always obeyed the preacher's wife and did what I was told as a dutiful. Uh, we'll make sure to tell April that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. April can then come Patrick and tell can me what. Hear it too, you know. Uh, right. So uh, she said, "We need some. We need some help out at." Uh, Santa Fe mm. with a few things. So along with the connection of the foundation and then Gail pushing the lever from the church side, I began to figure out what we needed to do. And that was not easy. And mm. it wasn't easy, still not easy, uh, of what we needed to do. And we started with very small. We started with mentors and tutors. Mm. And that's where it began. Yeah. And... Uh, with books, giving books to the schools, and a few things like that. But it didn't start like it is today. <clears throat> Excuse me. It didn't uh, start with all these different programs. It started slow. When you were sitting there at the very beginning with, with Gail and folks at the Education Foundation and, and, and looking at where we could come alongside and partner with the schools and help meet that uh, meet the school and the student and the parents kind of in that place where we're filling in whatever gap is needed. Often when we get outside of our comfort zone, when we get outside of our, our default lane in mm-hmm. life, right, uh, and, and move into a, a culture that may be different than our own, um, we recognize that we have stuff to give, but we also receive as well. Absolutely. Um, I remember last Christmas time, I had never experienced 
a, a Las Posadas in any way, shape, or form, no. right? Nor what, when we were transitioning in and Clint was telling me about <laughs> it and saying, hey, we do this at Santa Fe and, and you know, I'm going to give you all the information. And, and I talked to, to Vance and he said, yeah, preacher, you're in charge. And, and I'm like, well, okay, YouTube, here I come because I got to learn a little more about this because I don't know what I'm in charge of. And yet the experience of it as a Caucasian upper middle class lawyer's kid from Waco, Texas, right? right. Um, to, to be immersed in the journey of Mary and Joseph that very first Christmas through song, through story, through action, and, and then through the joy of something like a pinata at the back end yeah, of it, right? Sure. And really good food. It brought pieces of the Christmas story alive for me in ways that they hadn't been brought alive before. And, and one of the joys of our partnership is that it really is that partnership, right? I, I've, is. I've is. sat in meetings with you and Sabina and, and heard you bounce ideas back and forth. And it's, it's from a posture of, we think we have people who can help with this, but it's also from a help us understand what the need is. Cause we don't want to be those people who assume that we've got it all figured out and this is how to fix your campus. Well, right. you're there day in and day out. Right. Um, and I love that that communication loop is still there on an ongoing basis that, that you and Sabina and Matt, uh, and all the leadership at Santa Fe are, are truly partnered in this together and that we as a church are partnered in on this together. Um, because again, the, as you said, the aim is the holistic thriving of our young people. Sure. Um, whether that's meeting their physical need with a snack sack, their relational and spiritual need through a mentoring relationship, an educational need through um, tutoring. Uh, one of my favorite moments this last year, and mm -hmm. I shared it in the chapel, but I didn't share it yeah. later in worship, was the day I walked in to mentor. And, and I go through the front door, and the young lady that day who's working the front desk had a daughter who was in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. and, and a part of our pen pal process. And, mm -hmm. and, and her daughter had was out of her classroom for some reason i'm not sure why and had come was talking to her mama and her mother introduced me as pastor daniel from the methodist church and, and the little girl popped in and said do you know pastor melissa <laughs> <laughs> she's my pen pal and i just think it's awesome that she's a pastor and she's my pen pal and do you think i ever get to meet her and, and we were just yeah. two weeks from las posadas yeah. at that point i said Come to Las Posadas and she will be there. And and I got to watch y'all meet each other so and have fun. a fantastic, I mean, what looked like from afar, a fantastic conversation and, and get to know each other a little better. And it was just a gift. I absolutely loved it. I love how Santa Fe in itself as, as a ministry of this church has ways of connecting people in such beautiful and unexpected ways. Um, for me, I have kind of known the Ford since before um, we ever got to this church, but yeah. it wasn't until going to Santa Fe that I got to like, be like, Oh, you're Matt Ford that I've always known of <laughs> in six degrees of separation. And with Cynthia, my pen pal, I had seen her every time I went into tutor. Um, I'd seen her in the hallway, but had no clue that that was my pen pal until Las Posadas. And then throughout the entire spring semester, every time she would see me in the hallway, she'd run up if she could and give me a hug or a high five and run back to the line. Um, and even um, in some unexpected ways, uh, one of the young um, boys I got to tutor this past year, I watched um, how through another ministry of our church where we provide financial assistance for people, how mm -hmm. I got a glimpse into his home life right. that I had no idea mm. about and how um, from one line that his mom said, I was willing to say, is this your son? Mm. And her breaking down and being like, you're his tutor yeah. and um, getting to connect with that mom who was actually in the process um, with the administration of getting an advocate because he just barely passed all of these like, you know, state level kind of exams to get him in the kind of classes that he needed to be in. And um, that said, no, he can't go into these types of classes, but he really needed to be. So sure. I got to, mm -hmm. because yeah. of that come kind alongside. of connection, I got to come alongside and partner with them to help advocate for this child to say, no, like the exam might say one thing, um, but anyone who's in contact with him knows that he yeah. needs more help. Yeah. yeah. And that, I think that's 
I think that's what you see over there in a in a large majority. Yeah. They they just want somebody. You know, <clears throat> early on, I guess you asked about pitfalls. Early on, and still to this day, probably, uh, a pitfall is that people that from this church that serve in mentoring, tutoring, um, even cross ties, um, feel like that. There's days they walk out of there, and man, it's, I don't know what I accomplished here. You know, mm-hmm. the child had a bad day, can't speak English, I can't speak Spanish, what the heck am I doing? Am I making any headway? Mm. So that's always a struggle yeah. with people in the church uh, and that are mentoring and tutoring. But uh, Robert Herzig always said to me, well, just whatever you're doing, keep, keep on keep doing. That's it, you know, the- because you, you don't know what you're going to well, and, and, I, and I would cur- encourage our folks to think back to the days uh, or remember the days if they're actively doing it right now to when they were raising kids that were that age. Sure. Um, I My girls are eight and four, and I love the snot out of them. And I like to think that they've got a a supportive, enriching home life where, you know, we're lifting them up and helping them grow and thrive and all of that. But even at eight and four, preacher's kids that are supposed to be saints— have days <laughs> when you look at them and go, man, am I doing this the right way? Yeah. And they look at you and they say, halo. nah, not so much. Um, and, and so I would encourage our folks to 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 focus on what is the, the big picture long-term thing, right? Right. Um, often in, in church world, right, they tell preachers not to pay attention to the week-by-week week attendance, but look to the trend line. Because week-by-week you can either feel like you're just mm-hmm. really connecting with people or really dying, and the only difference is one was a holiday weekend and one was a regular weekend, and people <laughs> yeah. went to the lake, and you know that happens, right? Yeah. Um, Vance, I would be curious. Uh, you know, we've had a little moment of reflection on kind of where the ministry is now and where the program is now, and, and if if you five years ago could see what is happening today, what would be the biggest surprise for you? I think the biggest surprise is the uh, the students themselves with the people at, that come from the church because I get a overview from Matt and from Sabina yeah. to what uh, these kids are uh, seeing from from people at First United Methodist Church. Mm. So I think to me, not that it should have been a surprise because I know the people of this congregation, but you never know when you when you're venturing out in new territory, what you're going to get. And so uh, I'll give you one example, uh, and this deals with a, let's see, what's the kid's name? Giovanni, and he was mine way back in the day uh, as we started this. And Giovanni, he was uh, in third grade. Mm -hmm. And his classroom was the hallway. Mm -hmm. That was his classroom. And so when I started... uh, when I started uh, mentoring Giovanni, I said, uh, Giovanni, what's, what's, why are you here and not inside there, pointing to the classroom? And he said, well, uh, I'm disruptive. Mm. And so okay. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, the, the education, the, the teaching and the mm-hmm. learning goes on in there. Yeah. How can you get it out here? And uh, he said, well, I you know, in a, I don't know how he phrased it, but basically is, well, I kind of get that, you know, that's not the words he used. So we kept going, you know, and, and it wasn't easy uh, for Giovanni. Mm. Yeah. For whatever reason. There could be many reasons. I, the the um, truth is it's often way more complicated. Yeah, it's, than, it's pretty complex. So uh, anyway, long, long story short, he got in, back into the classroom eventually. Uh, because he saw the need, not for me to push him in there. He saw yeah. the need. He just needed somebody to say, yeah, you need to be in there, not out here. And as it went on, he moved uh, from third grade to fourth grade. He started getting a little better in academics. He started getting a little better, better in um, uh, his uh, performance as far as being an, uh, a little adult, mm-hmm. you know, if I will. Yeah. And then in fifth grade, he made the honor roll, awesome. and he just moved on. And so as they moved from fifth grade into Smith, which most of the kids at, 
at middle school moved to Smith. Sabina kind of gives a rundown to the principal and now and the counselor, who now is Mari, of what kind of who these students are and what you need to be looking out for and how you can help them. Yeah. Uh, not being critical of the student, just giving just, them some how do we heads best up. care for them. Yeah. Right. So she gave some information about Giovanni, and uh, she told Sabina, I think maybe the latter part of last year that because uh, he's finished up sixth grade last year that he never had a problem hmm. never was once called into the office so yeah that's what the, you did the investment in relationships showing up consistently yeah to say i care about you enough to show up every week and i'm going to have high enough expectations of you that i expect you to care enough about yourself to to be invested in this sure and, and let me say this. I, I don't want to say that it's, it seemed like, well, Dance Castles did all that. I didn't do anything. I just showed up. Anybody can show up. That, it's not about, I, did I have some special uh, verbiage and was had some air about me that made him want to do that? I don't think so. I was just me. And yeah. that's what people of the church can be. Uh, they, it doesn't require any master's degree in psychology to get over there and and bring these kids up to their to, to their potential hey yeah. if it, i can tutor a kid in math anyone can help. Like, or, or me too you know because i have yeah. a hard time getting four and four together to make eight but uh, that's uh, and that's why i wanted to say it's not it's not about Vance castle it's about uh the ministry of loving um your brother. I will say this. I read a, this is how God works. I read a devotional today in Upper Room. Mm. And today's devotional was James 2, 14 through 18, mm. about taking care of those. James was speaking, as he always did, about deeds and mm. good deeds. Yeah. And of course, he and Paul went back and forth about that. Sure. That was a that was uh, it's I a precursor for the next two thousand years of Christianity. <laughs> that's right. Arguments back and forth. That's right. Can, uh. I, can I get to eternal life by doing good deeds? If that were the case, I ought to have a. Uh, I should try to get there, but uh, that's not the deal. The deal is to make your to make a, a difference yeah. in this world. Yeah. Uh, make a some child feel a little better about himself yeah. than he or she did before you got there. Yeah. And that's what I want to emphasize to the church and to the congregation. It's uh, anybody can do it. It's not hard stuff. It's just committing a little bit, of, as you said, or as Matt said, I guess it was through your podcast, um, to uh, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. It won't. It won't hurt. And yeah. if it does, it won't hurt long. Right. <laughs> it so, won't hurt bad either. No, it won't, be fine. About forty-five minutes, you'll be you'll be free. You'll be as free as a bird, and then you'll look back and say. I don't know if I did any good, but I think uh, I feel better because I was there. Mm -hmm. So, Often happens when yeah. we try to help God usher in the kingdom of God, right? Do as Jesus said in, in the Lord's Prayer, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah. Make earth be like heaven. When we partner with God with that, we can't always immediately see the result. No. But we can trust that God is at work in the midst of it, and despite our perfect action or our completely imperfect action god's work is being done yep lives are being transformed and for that i'm very happy to say thanks be to god amen amen thank you vance so you much bet. for being here you on bet. the My podcast pleasure. today we are so thankful that for your passion for your uh, dogged determination that has pushed us from beginnings with the preacher's wife to today where we are having you know, I didn't count, but we got to have at least 50 names on all of our different sign-up sheets deeply engaged in life-transforming work through our partnership at Santa Fe. Thank you for your determination. You bet, and I hope that we'll get uh, 25 more between now and next weekend. That's my goal because if I haven't talked to you, I will be talking to you if you're listening <laughs> out there. So we need you. We do need you. So thank you. Amen. 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 Absolutely. I love that. I love the conversation you just got to listen to with Vance. What a powerful testament. What a powerful reminder to us to keep wondering where God is maybe stirring something new or stirring some kind of partnership within us. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And we are so, so thankful that you guys have chosen to continue to listen to us. We're so appreciative of the feedback that we get from you guys in person um, at church on Sunday mornings. We just And we were even just quoted this past Sunday morning by, by Matt that. Ford. That was so cool. Hi, yeah. Matt. How's yeah. the mowing going? I didn't know that was going to happen when Matt looked at me in the Vine service. He just turned like turned out from the congregation to me and said, can I quote you back to you? And I was like, <laughs> no. I, I don't know. Sure. Can it's, we? Yes. It's, yes. It's, it's so, so good for us to hear that from so many people and uh, we want to hear it in so many different ways and one of those ways that you can do it that can actually help us get uh, get in more people's ears uh, is by leaving a review or a comment on SoundCloud or on iTunes and working on Google Play we're getting there <laughs> but uh, but leave leaving reviews and leaving comments is the best way for this podcast to get uh, more and more seen by people who might not uh, be from our internal community at the church so this is one way that we get to push out uh, into the into the world around us and today, now that we have gathered as community, mm-hmm. as we've come into home, we are going to be sent out. But first, before we are sent out, we are invited to consider how we can grow. As you may have figured out today, our invitation is a rather simple one. How can you, how can your family, how can your church continue to push outside of your place of comfort? to find new ways and new opportunities and new connections to meet people whom Christ loves in the name of Christ. Where is God nudging you this week? And now go. Receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out this week. May you go encountering God in the movement of your breath, calling you to be present in this moment. May you go encountering Christ in the face of someone in your week. And may you go encountering the Holy Spirit as the one who is present with you in the most ordinary of moments. May you go in peace this week. Amen. Amen. Amen.